Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Anthea Sargent. Anthea is the CEO of 2S Water and a longtime ecosystem supporter. With an MBA from Athabasca University, Anthea is a three-time entrepreneur and has more than 15 years of experience in a variety of fields. Her current project is focused around environmental stewardship and natural resource protection. 2S Water has created a sensor for real-time water quality monitoring, helping communities and industry to understand what is in their water. Now let's not miss a drop and hand the microphone over to Anthea for her interview with Jennifer Lamb. Take it away, Anthea. Hi, welcome to the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. This episode today features Jennifer Lamb of Discover Coding. I'm your host, Anthea Sargent, CEO of 2S Water Incorporated. So Jennifer is the CEO and co-founder of Discover Coding. Jennifer is a passionate educator with over 20 years experience working with children. She has a Montessori teaching diploma and a bachelor's of education. Jennifer is not only an educator, she also has a degree in computing sciences with a business minor and has experience in a variety of fields. Now, Jennifer is a passionate technology and coding educator. She founded Discover Coding in April 2017. She believes that computer science and coding are core fundamental knowledge for the 21st century and that every child should have a chance to learn about algorithms, how to make an app, and how computers and the internet work. Thank you for joining us, Jennifer. So Discover Coding isn't your first foray into entrepreneurship. You've been a tutor, you've owned a day home. Would you say that you've always been an entrepreneur? I think I've always wanted to be. And I grew up, I think my my parents were entrepreneurs. They started their own accounting firms. They started their own schools high school and colleges, and they had multiple businesses. So I was kind of always around it. I always had some kind of role, whether being a teacher or teacher aid or like doing marketing for them. So I was kind of always around it. And I think I've always found ways to create a community, volunteering for different organizations and organizing events and stuff. So I think I always had that urge just to like see things from beginning to end and see it come together. Great. But you haven't always been an entrepreneur. You actually have some really interesting corporate experience in your background. Um, You worked as a software engineer and also a software sales rep. So how has that added into your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it just started off with a just curiosity. I actually went into computer science with a completely blank slate. I think I was surrounded by a lot of peers who've been coding or building computers since they were 14, 15 years old. And I'm like, I think technology is our future. I'm gonna go into computer science. (laughs) And uh, I went in with a complete blank slate. I actually was really fascinated by problem solving, that aspect of it. I wasn't so much the type that would build my own computer, I actually was fascinated about working with data and working with finding different ways to solve a problem that fascinated me. And I knew I wanted to kind of get back into entrepreneurship, but at at the same time was just really curious about this world of IT. So I did pursue it for a couple of years. I worked at a company called McDonald Detweiler and Associates, and we, they built satellite imaging 
space satellite imaging systems. And it was just really great to see how the inner workings of a company, how they would process everything. And I think I was taking in a lot of that. And I really wanted to actually be kind of oversee a huge project like that. So eventually I kind of moved away from there. Um, it was a really great company to work for. And then I worked for IBM and I worked in technical sales, which was really interesting. It was a huge learning curve because I think it was nothing I've done ever done before, but it really opened up my eyes on how sales work and how different ways to communicate was very key. And it really helped develop my skills, but still it was kind of urging to find something where I can oversee a whole project, right? By then I, I had kids and I kind of went full circle back into educating, being fascinated how kids learn and how they get their aha moments and how they get excited about when they learn something new. And that kind of brought me into education and I was just really curious about it. And I really did test my waters. I started a day home. I got my Montessori diploma and uh, while my kids were young, I was just, they were my guinea pigs. Whatever I can do to develop my own curriculum and see how they engage with the activities I would organize. Like I was so fascinated by it that propelled me to go and get my education degree. And a lot of this is just out of curiosity and fascination how kids and adults learn and how they take in information. So take us from your education degree to, to founding Discover Coding. What was that journey like? I went to education with just like, like an open mind. And uh, one of my teachers, Dr. Janelle McFeeders, who's teaching a math educational methods class. And she actually prompted us to share our backgrounds and stuff. And when she found out we had, I had a background in IT, I was a software engineer, she said, did you know we can start teaching kids this for your first assignment? Would you like to do your research on this? And I said, she's like, there's not much resources, but I'll give you what I have. And at first I thought, I was like, oh, that sounds like extra work, <laughs> but it still triggered something in me. I'm like, okay, I should do this. And this five page assignment turned into this extended research that I couldn't stop reading about. And I found out, oh, Edmonton's looking for volunteers to come in to teach coding. And I told my husband, I was like, you should go volunteer. And he's like, okay, that sounds like fun. And I would go volunteer in the schools. I was, I was teaching out in a school I would go to, I would teach all the grades, like an hour of code. And what I noticed was that kids were so fascinated about the problem solving part of it and that they really enjoyed creating and making with technology. And I just, while I was in school, I just, I just, just something I did on the side. We were using our kids as guinea pigs, any kind of new resources found, we would test it out on them. And they were just, they were just so excited. And every, every kid that we approached, they, they wanted more, more and more. So after I graduated, I decided, okay, you know what? I think this might be something I should just pursue it. Like I don't have a job right now. And there's nothing holding back. So we decided to incorporate ourselves. We started with two summer camps and then it just propelled from there. Two summer camps turned into two, three classes a week during the year. And the following summer grew to like five or six classes. And the following year was um, like 
had about 21 classes and right now we're running about 18 classes. Wow. Yeah. So it was just, it just kind of grew from there. We started off really lean and tested it out with kids, developed our own curriculum and kids were just so engaged they wanted more. That's great. What a, what a great story of how you came. So your, your business partner is your husband, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He actually loves teaching kids and adults and so he's also a technical architect by trade. So going back to the roots of actually creating and actually doing code, like this is a little bit of a novelty for us because I think we've moved so far from that as you're moving up in the, the IT world. So it was really fun. It's like we get to get the latest educational technology toys. And yeah, as a family, we just create and make at home for fun. <laughs> so are your kids coders now? Have they, have they picked it up? Or? Definitely. They are really excited about this. I think they are the luckiest kids because we will have LAN parties <laughs> because of all the technology we have. Or they'll have friends over and be like, okay, let's try out this new um, challenge together. So they're really enthusiastic. They love problem solving. I think they've just been immersed in it. Mm-hmm. And we make it like they see that we're having fun with it. So they don't consider it like school or work. They just consider it as fun. It's fun, yeah. yeah. So now you're saying that you had to go to the original research and there wasn't a lot out there when you started. How much of this have you had to create from absolute scratch? There was not a lot of like academic research on it. It's still quite new, but there are a lot of resources out there because there are a lot of other countries that have this in our curriculum since kindergarten. So I think when it was first presented to me, the research was just not as great as more established subjects like math or sciences. But if you search hard and hard enough, you can find it. But at the same time, I wanted to combine my Montessori background and just my observations and how kids are motivated and how they learn. So I kind of, I use a lot of research from other resources that I used in other countries and combined it with discover coding's methods of allowing kids to discover it for themselves, um, to engage them based on what they're interested in and incorporate uh, and incorporating just the computer science concepts in there. Because if they're motivated by a really cool game that they've played, such as Pac-Man, they're, they're more willing to persevere and overcome all of the challenges than me just teaching them the fundamental com- concepts in computer science. like. We're going to learn sequencing today or conditionals tomorrow. No, we're kind of setting their sights on the goal and let's work towards that goal. Yeah, because, you know, traditionally computer science can be seen as a pretty dry field. So teaching it to children must have its own challenges. Yeah. So that's where I think the educational methodologies and just understanding of child development and what they're motivated by, I think, put all of that into consideration when we're teaching. We do have a curriculum, but we're not like locked into it. You know, our our school system here, we don't, it's not in our curriculum. So we don't have that pressure. So my main objective is to gain, help kids gain that confidence to, to enjoy coding and whatever stage they're at. I tell all my instructors, first and foremost, we want to develop that confidence that they can do it. So we will, if they, if they take a little bit longer, then we're going to, we're going to stay there, keep them engaged, keep their confidence up. And we've seen a lot of kids take our programs and maybe take two or three sessions. And then all of a sudden it clicks and they are so excited. They, they start getting 
and start putting together the strategies to overcome the obstacles. First and foremost is this confidence and believing that they can overcome different problems. What age of kids are you teaching this to? Like, it's kind of a tough skill for younger kids. Do you have a, an age range you prefer? We do start at age five. Oh, so quite young yes, then. Quite yeah, young. Could, we could go even younger, but this is kind of where we thought would make sense for our program. Mm-hmm. So we have program for five to seven. And here, kids aren't required to read, but they would code with symbols. And they understand symbols. And they we have blocks where coding blocks that are manipulative, so they can snap together like Lego. And at that age, kids are very manipulative. Like they need to feel things to learn. So we incorporate a lot of that to get them to understand the concepts. And at the same time, they're playing games, they're creating games, they're creating stories and music with it. That's pretty amazing. I have a five-year-old and, and teaching him things is not not the easiest. It's great that you were willing to, to go down to that level. Is that a methodology that you developed based on your Montessori training? Or is that something that had been established at, at other countries like you are mentioning before? I think it's a, it's a combination of everything. I take a lot of inspiration on how math is taught or language arts or sciences and taking like different strategies I've seen work and just understanding developmentally like where the child is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taking all of those things. So I, I wouldn't say that our methods is exactly like another. I think we get a lot of inspiration from how math is taught and math has been taught over hundreds of years, right? Mm-hmm. And the best way to learn math is to play with it, you know? And I feel like there has not been enough play with math. And so I want to incorporate that even younger for coding because it's the same, it's kind of the same way of thinking, it's thinking logically mm-hmm. and with different symbols. Yeah, we just find kind of inspirations from everywhere. So for a slightly different topic, why don't you tell me a bit about the future of where you see this company going? We really wanted to kind of make an impact in the community. We actually we actually kind of grew up here in Edmonton and then we moved all over Canada. And we actually want to see, really believe that Edmonton has a potential, Edmonton, Alberta has a potential of being a very strong tech community. We wanted to make an impact in that way and what greater ways to get kids excited and getting getting them interested in things that are happening locally, like local companies such as DeepMind or Jobber and seeing this is happening, happening here and getting them to kind of start using their creativity and their imagination, what else can I create? And hopefully kind of retain that. So with our program, we do have a progressive program. So as kids are advancing, we're growing our programs alongside with them. Hopefully into university, we have a lot of instructors who are also in the industry. So we've kind of built a network there. My business partner, Johnny, he's also is part of a couple of meetup groups, uh, the Linux meetup group and Edmonton Microsoft user group. So we we do see a pathway for kids who do want to stay in this industry. And if if not, that's OK, because I feel like this is an essential skill, but that we can support them into their careers throughout. Yeah. yeah. So it's great to hear that you have a overall vision of, of the impact that you want to have on the community. Do you feel that's a big driving factor in what made you start Discover Coding? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're very community minded. So we try to incorporate a lot of that into our programs and get kids 
aware of what's happening uh, here in Edmonton or in Canada. Great. What inspired you to do this originally? Was it just your desire to to influence the lives of children, or there? There's a, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, there's the part where we just want to make an impact and provide value into the community. And it could have looked like anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this kind of just fell in our lap. I was able to combine my interests in developing technology and working with kids. And yeah, it, it's really great to see kids be inspired and have those aha moments. Like I understand how this technology works or I understand the language when I'm shopping for the latest iPad or the latest device, you know, it's kind of get giving, empowering them with that knowledge to make informed decisions. Right, because it's becoming more of just a basic life skill to understand these kinds of things. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's really hard for people to differentiate what is truly marketed and from what how it really performs and if they understand some of like how this technology is created then they can just understand this is strengths and weaknesses this podcast is tied to the rainforest community which i know you're a member of um yes. do you want to talk just a little bit about your experience with rainforest and and what you think about that community yeah actually before i joined rainforest my business partner and i did have these visions like we can be the next Silicon Valley like what can we do to move towards this and we started discover coding and when I heard about rainforest and its mission to really create this network of entrepreneurs to build up tech in the city we were we were so aligned I was like yes this, this is something we need to be a part of because we want to contribute we want to see what else is out there so that we're better informed to make our decisions so and it's just been a, such a supportive community like sharing our mission and why we found that the community has really stepped up and supported us in so many ways that's great yeah i i i'm i agree with you on that the value of community is is very strong and it feels like we're building one here I also shared your your inspiration to make this the new the new Silicon Valley. And yes. <laughs> who knows if we'll get there, but but I feel like Rainforest is working towards that. So absolutely, and I think just meeting on other entrepreneurs, like it's it's not for everybody, but so it could feel very uh, lonely at times running a business on your own, and this community was just I think. Yeah, I just really appreciate that we have this community to go to so that we can share our stories and offer advice so that we can make better decisions to to keep our businesses going. Great. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what you've learned being an entrepreneur. Are there any big challenges that you face that that you guys have overcome that you feel you could provide some advice on? Constant. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> Uh, I think the biggest thing is I, I we did run our program, our business for a couple of months just on our own, which was, you know, it was good. But I think you always have this looming cloud over your head. Am I making the right decision? And it could get a little bit overwhelming. And I think one of the biggest things that propelled us was really going out there to talk about the business and network with others and that there are, there is a huge support out there. 
that you're not alone. I think it really gave us a confidence into whatever decisions we're making in going out to the rainforest meetups. We would present our business, our mission, and what we were looking for. And that week to week, you know, that's pretty much like, I need help here. Who can help me out? And there were so many people that stepped forward, whether it was you know, if I was going through a hiring process, I'm always go- improving on my hiring process or marketing or just like working through finances, how to make sense. There was always somebody to step forward. And at the same time, I would put out there, how could I help the community too? So there was a lot of like give and take. And it was just such a great ecosystem that we have going on here. Great. Any other advice for, for new entrepreneurs? What what one thing would you tell them that you'd like them to take away? Ooh, one thing. <laughs> um, I guess back to the networking thing. I, I there was one exercise I did very, I think, very early on with when I was working with eHub was they said to create a map of your network. Mm-hmm. So who could help you with anything to do with marketing or law or accounting? Map that all out and. I think once we started to map it out, we realized, oh, that we actually have a pretty good support system. But at the same time, I was like, well, I don't want to bother my friends <laughs> about my problems or get advice. But once you start talking, actually, people are really, really excited to learn about the business and really excited to learn about your problems. And they are more than willing to like offer advice. So um, definitely go out there and grow that network. And at the same time, you know, give back because it's just so fulfilling and you grow and you learn from it. I'm happy to talk to anybody about our struggles and our wins and our fails so that they realize that this is a normal process and it is really exciting and it's very rewarding and it's worth it. Great. Wonderful to hear. So before we wrap up here, tell me where I can find Discover Coding and and where I have to go to get my kids in this program. Oh, yes. So you can register on our website at www.discovercoding.ca. We're also on social media at Discover Coding on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for coming out to talk to us today, Jennifer. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Anthea. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is sponsored by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story, and Capturing Legacies is here to help you tell it. Visit CapturingLegacies.com for more information. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.